man, Crumb, why didn't you guys say something? What's, Nick, go, what's Nick, going you, on, man? You're gonna, dude, you well, just told I mean, me to shut up. He just came back. He had to go for a second, and then he said he was calling right back. So, Oh, okay. First and foremost, happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yep. Happy Same to you, brother. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too, First and foremost, all of us as a Rat Pack family, we are all thankful for each other and that we have each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I... I got to I got to go to my first game of the season to for to watch a Blazer game and there's a guy in our fantasy basketball league that actually is like a video assistant I believe for the Blazers so got some free tickets took a buddy of mine in the league with me and got to watch the Thunder beat him by like over 40 points on Sunday night it was uh, that was a that was an ass kicking <laughs> but it was, it, was a lot, it, was a, it was a lot of fun to watch of course and uh, I got to see as as I've been pounding that drum on the Thunder team this year they they are really good and they didn't even have one of their better players Jalen Williams playing for them that night they barely had to, you know, Shea just got to do whatever he wanted. Dort barely had to play after the first half ended. Chet looked pretty good out there. Chet Holmgren looked really good, and he is playing. He's playing really, really well um, basketball-wise. And, you, you know, uh, the, this Blazer team is at the, at the start of their rebuild. DeAndre Aiden looks as lost as you can possibly be, which is which is crazy because he's brought in to be – this big, you know, cornerstone type piece. And he looks like a dude that is, is like a first year starter in the league. It's, it, I know. And DeAndre Ayton is, he just looks lost out there and he looks unmotivated. I, I it's, it's going to be a bad four year contract of that DeAndre Ayton contract that the Blazers ended up trading for. Well, I mean, he he left the Suns uh, kind of like, uh, and not, not on bad terms, but, you know, underperformed. Um, he never got over the hump. And a lot of those, you know, games in the postseason, Aiden was, you know, nowhere to be found. Now, yeah, you know, Chris Paul somehow – Every off season, every uh, postseason, he ended up getting hurt. Yeah, that that made a difference, but um, they had enough, you know, star players of or you know, all star players on that on that roster to, you know, they should have been able to overcome, you know, losing, uh, you know, Chris Paul. They had enough guys, and Aiden was just you know, not that guy, not the guy that they envisioned him being when they when they drafted him. He was supposed to be the take us over the top, most dominant, you know, big in the West, in the West. I mean, that's that's why you draft him where you draft him at. So, uh, not surprising. And, and obviously to think that they drafted him over Luka Doncic of all people. Yeah, I know they regret that one. I know they regret that one. 
They definitely have to. And it just seems to me he looks unmotivated. I mean, obviously, the Blazers are missing Malcolm Brogdon. They're missing Anthony Simons. Uh, you know, Jeremy Grant is not a team leader type of player. He's a shot chucker, essentially. And uh, Aiton's just not that leader type of a guy. He should be this rim-running dude, getting all the rebounds out there, blocking some shots, running to the rim, catching some lobs. And he just doesn't look like he wants to really be out there. And I can't blame him. They're losing. I mean, they they're they're getting their butts whooped every night. So nah, was he traded some, to uh, Portland, or he went there as a free agent? No, he went there in the Damian Lillard trade. Okay, so yeah, he's not happy. He's he's probably not. He's probably not happy uh, where he's at, and uh, he's gonna, you know, try to play his way out. And and with Brogdon and you know Simon's hurt, they're not and, and Scoot Henderson, their their major rookie that uh, didn't play on Sunday as well. You know we're, we're we're watching the game and a lot of these players that they have towards the end of the bench or that they're starting to get some playing time every night, like a Jabari Walker or a Tamari Kamara. They you know the, the thing with the Thunder is they would find some pretty good G league players and some undrafted players and they would put them in the system. They would get playing time in the G league uh, and, and they'd be ready to at least contribute somewhere or in the league. But this Portland team, I mean, a lot of their back end players, it's like, you don't even know who they are. They can't shoot. They, they, every thunder three was almost, uncontested it was it was just a layup drill getting to the free throw line you know getting to the rim uh i mean i i get it you're going to be bad you know you're going to be bad and this is a year for development for scoot henderson uh but it's they're pretty embarrassing to watch yeah uh you know early on in this season man and I know we're gonna dive into, you know, these these uh what you call this thing they doing? Um uh, tournament games or whatever. The in the in season tournament. Yeah. Uh but there's been some throughout the league, man, there's been the players and you just said it, uh, you know, mediocre. I mean, that's – I know it's early in the season, but, uh, man, there's been some bad games and there's been some, some, you know, high-scoring high bad games. Like, I, I enjoy entertainment. I enjoy watching, you know, basketball. But, well, uh, yesterday, who was it? Um, uh, like three hundred points scored between two teams. Yeah, it was uh, the Indiana Atlanta game yesterday. Yeah, it was one fifty seven to one fifty two. Yeah, it's, it's not playing defense. Yeah, They're ABA not playing defense, game. man. It's just I'm like, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I you know, and then you got I mean, obviously, we're just not good. Pistons only got two wins. 
Bulls, they're they're getting ready to blow this thing up. Um, it's not working. Yeah, they're yeah working. they're they're a Zach Levine trade from uh, going to full tank. Yeah, and I mean, Zach, once they trade once they trade Zach Levine, they're gonna trade Vucevic one way. Or yeah, one. and then Zach came out and uh, made some comments, and bruh, uh, your comments didn't help. Uh, it just fueled the uh, trade rumors and the speculation even more. Uh, so he doesn't want to be there. He he says he wants to be there, but based on how he responded, um, yo, you don't want to be there. You 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 try to make the politically, uh, you know, correct response, and you just told everybody that, you know, you don't want to be there without really saying it. You know, um, to me in today's NBA. And, and we'll go into this regarding James Harden on the Clippers. I know oh, that man. we haven't talked about James Harden on the Clippers yet, um, even though I did shout out to the full buddy cast, Travis Kenny, for having me on uh, over the weekend, and it did air today. I, I posted uh, a picture of me, you know, like where to find it. Uh, of, we go in, we do do a brief explanation of why James Harden does not work on the Clippers. And you you look at how good the Indiana offense is. As as Derek as I know you don't like that you know too high scoring, but we're looking at Tyrese Halliburton is playing so yeah. far like a first team All NBA player. He's getting fifteen plus assists most nights right now. It's it's pretty incredible. You know he's, what? And he's almost getting thirty points. You know what finds me uh, weird about Indiana and, and Halliburton? Dude, his release is so slow. I don't even know how he's getting the well, I know how he's getting the shot off. They're not really, you know, playing defense. But I watched the uh game last night and this dude releases so slow. And I'm like, and he's wide open. I mean wide open. But the the, the thing that you I think is impressive about how Indiana is doing their offense is they have the right guy pushing the ball going up and down the floor where you got the biggest ball stopper in the league in James Harden where the Clippers are half court, the Knicks talk, you know, team Ramrod (laughs) team Villanova Knicks. They are, they are a half court team. They're a half court team. And you you look at how Indiana plays, and Atlanta obviously kept pace. And yes, they have a pretty good offense too. Because again, they have the right point guard in yeah, Trey Young. Yeah. Uh, tonight, the Charlotte Hornets, Lamelo Ball's on fire. He, I believe it's six out of his last eight games he's had over thirty points. He's playing really good uh, yeah. for Charlotte. They 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 got Miles Bridges back. Uh, they scored over a hundred. I believe it around 128 or something tonight. Yeah. Because because again they have the right point guard to push the ball in today's league. Uh, but I, I I just I just think a lot has to do with when you're going to be good, and this goes back to the Bulls. If you're going to be good, you're going to have the right point guard pushing the ball at the floor. 
when you're not going to be good and you're going to be stale and have court offense and you don't have enough guys to ignite your team, a.k.a. shout out because Lonzo Ball hasn't played in those two years, they would be one of those teams yeah. where Zach Levine wouldn't be asking for a trade yeah. and Vucevic would run up and down the floor pretty well for his size still if they had Lonzo Ball doing what he should be doing. No, and me, I, I, okay. I, I personally think that that's the downfall of the Bulls here. Is it's not Demar Derozan because again he is a Jalen Brunson, he is a he's a James Harden. He he slows down. He doesn't. He's not a fast up and down player. Obviously, he's a little bit up there in age, and he plays the mid range game, which is fine. You can do that in up and down offense, yeah. but he doesn't push the ball, and and I, I think that's where. You know, Kobe White is a chucker. He's not an actual point guard. And Io DeSumo can't even shoot. So, to, to me, you see a lot, You see a healthy Lonzo Ball, this team actually is relevant. Yeah. You don't see a healthy Lonzo Ball, it is completely crushing and depleting right before your very eyes. Well, uh, Lonzo Ball, they've already announced that he's uh, he's out for the season, right? Oh yeah! Before the season started, they already they already said that he was not going to play this year. Okay, so yeah, so they they they're just in a bit of a pickle. Um, I don't know, man. I mean. You get ball back, and he could be somewhat of the player that they they envision him being, or the player that he was becoming uh, before, because he was the point guard. He was the point guard, you know. Oh, you know, on Chicago. Um, he's just not as good of a shooter as Lamelo, but he's the same type of playground, push the ball, fast paced type guard, and. That's exactly what I think how you can be pretty successful in the league uh, in today's game. Uh, obviously, Chicago is not even close to being successful. And to me, a big part of it has to do with Lonzo hasn't played in almost two years. I'm not, I'm not taking away that DeRozan's a bad player or Levine's a bad player. Or uh, you know, Vucevic has got, has played pretty well to start the year in general, but to me, not having a true point guard on that roster just really hurts you. I, I mean, DeRozan's a good ball handler, but he's a good half court ball handler, and I I think we see the examples in Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox, and we see Trey Young in Atlanta, Lamelo in Charlotte. And of course, Tyrese Halliburton in Indiana, and these teams are just running other teams out of the gym some nights here. And to, to me, I know that it doesn't maybe set well with playoff wins necessarily. We have seen that time and time again in in the last twenty years in the NBA that really fast-paced offenses don't always don't always work in the playoffs, but. They, they they crush in the regular season, and for some of these borderline teams like a Charlotte, like in Atlanta, like in Indiana, they need that success to keep building. And to me, 
I obviously we're going to see Chicago go the complete opposite direction. After these trades, they're going to be just as bad as Detroit. Uh, and it, it's just going to be tough for them. Um, I, I don't like that prediction, Nikki Buckets. The, the the thing that you're not going to like to hear this, William, obviously being a Bulls fan, I know Derek, you're kind of a closet Bulls fan, is that organization is not known for drafting well and developing talent well. They're just not known for it. You can no, see it no, the roster they have. No, they, they, they really aren't. But I, I was, I was hoping when Ball went to the Bulls that you know that we that we were going to like almost turn a corner and it hasn't happened. It it really hasn't. And I I have to say I'm disappointed. I mean you, you think about it. Lonzo's not this dude that has to score a lot of points to be successful in the league. He's really good at setting up. Levine is this amazing athlete, even though he's had a couple of knee things in his career. If if they were to push up the floor, you know, throwing lobs for slam dunk, you know, multiple times slam dunk champion Levine there, uh, it, it would it would be a lot of fun to see. Uh, Vucevic can hit open threes. Instead, you're just slow. You're methodical, and DeRozan's taking you know 18 footers, and Vucevic is you know, being slow and methodical and taking long threes, even though he's a center and that he's not a, he's not a bruising center. It, it's just not very good today's NBA basketball. It, it, it's how I've always viewed it. Now, who's to know that they could have fixed it by going after a point guard, a good one, like they could have gone after Jalen Brunson. I mean, they, they could have loose release. They could have bought out Alonzo uh, one way or another, could have re- renegotiated his contract, buy him out, and then try to go spend money on Jalen Brunson. They, they could have done things like that to maybe fix it. But to me, they've neglected to, to really do anything uh, to, to fix this situation. And now no, they, they've been, come they've to been a screeching halt. Um, do you think that they're hoping that whenever Lonzo Ball finally gets back on the court, that he's going to be that guy? I mean, is that what they're holding out hope for? Well, they when they traded when they traded for him, it was in a sign and trade when they when they got him and with his uh, contr- you know with his new contract. So they have him for the full contract that he that he signed. Uh, you know, New Orleans gave it to him, and then they do a sign and trade with uh, Chicago. So they still have a lot invested in him. So one way or another, they're going to want to see what they have left of what he can do. I believe if he if if this knee problem that is really complicated, that is very unusual knee issue that he has. Uh, it could be a potential, like, one knee is longer than, you know, taller than the other kind of thing, like one leg taller. It's, it's like one of those things. It's, it's a complicated 
I, I feel situation kind of like how Greg Odin uh, obviously, of course, didn't last in the league, and part of his draft process is one knee was or one leg was longer than the other. And so, yes. um, in Lonzo's case, I, this is a similar case. Well, and um, you actually know somebody else that actually had that problem too. And that was, and that's me. Uh, I actually had that problem. I was uh, actually hit by a car when I was 18 months old. And um, yeah, I actually had that problem. And there's only one way. Well, there's a couple of ways to fix the problem. Uh, they can, uh, you can get lifts put in your shoes, which, I mean, it, it is what it is. Or you can have a hole drilled through the growth plate of the other knee that's growing faster in order to actually stop that. But here's the thing. I had that done when I was still a child and I was still growing. Lonzo Ball is not still growing. Uh, he is uh, he's, he's an adult. So honestly, the, the only way that I see that probably it fixed is them having to put uh, actually put lifts in his shoes to uh, to actually have both uh, legs to say uh, the same way. I mean, I mean, logically speaking, would you have to kind of retrain to be able to learn how to run knowing this or learn how to essentially walk right? I mean, I know when um, Steph Curry early in his career when he rolled his ankles too much and the Warriors actually had to teach him how to run differently, like how to wear, how his feet need to be placed. And he hasn't had that problem since. But I wonder so, with with Alonzo Ball if that's what Chicago has to do. Well, I, I can't speak for that. I can speak for myself. Um, it wasn't really learning how to rerun or anything like that. It 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 the toughest part altogether, and again, I had surgery on my knee was actually learning, just learning the basic how to bend my knee again. Because I was at, my knee was actually in a stabilizer for almost a year where I could not bend my knee. And that that was the toughest part. Now, after, after all that physical therapy and everything, I was running just fine. But I, I do think that if he that if he does go in to have some sort of surgery to correct this and everything, uh, that it's 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 going to be a very long haul for him to uh, for him to learn how to bend the knee, and and I mean maybe uh, maybe he will have to re- learn how to rerun, um, you know again. I I just know that the recovery process for that it, it's it's long, it's agonizing, and it's painful. And and that that has to explain how it's almost a two year process, and we still got another what eleven months that he has to go to the start of next season in order to to possibly um, be out there. 
so uh, to to me to me it seems that you're essentially relearning how to walk, how to run, how to bend your knees. You, where you, you, where, you where are is the pain? Where, like, where is the pain of when you do it this way or when you move your knee this way, right? Like, to me, yep. that's, I mean, it's got to be that's what's happening. And they're obviously going to see it through because, he has, I mean, he has really no trade value uh, unless somebody really wants to take that on. Uh, so they're not really going to move him. Uh, so you're you're looking at they're going to fully get him back and hopefully it can work. But by the time this happens, this team's going to be completely different. They're it's going to be a you know a shred of what it was with these with well, these four guys. So you know I I think the top two landing spots that do want Zach Levine are a the Lakers and b the Charlotte Hornets. I think those two teams are definitely high contenders of wanting them uh, of of wanting Levine. Well. You know, and the thing is, is that when when you look at, like you said, that you're looking at another one, uh, one to two years out before Ball could possibly even be back on the court. And yeah, you're right. I don't see Levine hanging around as much as I hate to say it. I don't see him hanging around, and I think Levine. Is going to go and chase a ring, and I and I think that that lands him with the Los Angeles Lakers. Well, I mean the Lakers do have a couple of guys. A one of them is probably my favorite player in the Lakers, and that's Austin Reeves. Um, and two, they they signed D'Angelo Russell to I believe a two year deal, kind of expensive, probably for a reason. So they can include D'Angelo Russell in a deal and take him to Chicago. So believe it or not, the Lakers actually do have the players to make it work. The, the issue that the Lakers are going to have to run into is they don't have the picks. They, they, they trade them every, they've traded everything. <laughs> so they, they don't have a lot. They have to go all the way, uh, I believe out to 2030 in order to probably get something to work in a deal. And, you know, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reed, a 2030 pick and maybe a couple seconds for Levine is, is pretty, I think not terrible for Chicago on a return because Austin Reeves could be there a longer term situation where D'Angelo Russell, you would probably want out immediately. And so you can slip him somewhere else. So to me, if if I were to get Austin Reed a 2030 plus whatever you get from D'Angelo Russell, honestly, it's not a terrible return for Zach Levine that is looking like more and more he's wanting to push himself out the door. Well, and, you know, and the thing is, is that I, I can't really blame him. I, I can't, I can't blame him because the last few years has kind of been like limbo in Chicago and, you know, and I, I'll be honest with you, I 
I don't think uh, Rusevic is going to be there much longer either. I, I really don't. And, you know, and, uh, there, there was one other guy, and I can't. Well, they still have DeMar DeRozan, too. Yeah, DeRozan. Uh, DeRozan will probably be gone, too. Um, I, yeah, it, it, they'll, I, they'll, they'll, they'll figure out where they're going to send all these guys. I mean, there's, there's plenty of landing spots. I mean, DeRozan go, can go to like a Miami, uh, you can go to Milwaukee. I mean, there's, there is definitely places where DeRozan can go. Uh, Vucevic could, you know, he could go to a Dallas. He could go to, uh, the Kings. I mean, there's, there's places where a guy like a Vucevic could go. Uh, I I think Levine can go to the Lakers or the Hornets. The Hornets might try for that playing spot to pair Lamelo with Zach Levine would actually be pretty good. They can they can send them back Rozier, Gordon Hayward. I mean they have they have pieces you know in contract ways to make it work. I think on the Charlotte perspective too. So to me, I think those are the two obvious fits. Usually, how these things work is a random dark horse team comes in, and they're the ones that get the deal done. It's kind of weird how the NBA works in that way, but it's kind of uh, there's been just plenty of times that it, it's happened that way. Um, well, well, do you think that since we're completely talking about a complete uh, start over rebuild in Chicago, do you think? Chicago would try to work a uh, ball into one of these deals to get him uh, to get him out the door and free up some of that money. Uh, yeah, I mean, if a team is willing to give them shorter term contracts, and uh, the Bulls might have to attach a pick or do something to get off of Lonzo uh, because of his situation, then. Yeah, I think a deal like that could easily get done. I mean, they could call up Detroit and and get that deal done really quickly. Uh, is what I would how I would see it. But to to me, you would have to a give up a future pick one way or another uh, because Lonzo is is kind of a you know a negative asset at the moment. As good as he is, and as good as he would be. Uh, right now, that's how I think he would be viewed because he does make a pretty good amount of money, and he's not playing. <laughs> he's not playing. Uh, so uh, I would say that's how he has to be viewed. There's teams out there that would just take it. You know, they would they would give him the deal. I mean, Detroit does have Joe Harris. They have Monte Morris, and they have uh, you know a couple small guys out there that you know Chicago can waive or release. And there's no harm, and you know, like Chicago has to give up a pick, and Detroit would be happy to probably take a pick. But huh. I, okay. I, I just think this—I just think this Chicago situation is—is is pretty. I think we see the writing on the wall. It's just a matter of time. Yes, unfortunately, I have to agree with you. I, I still don't like your prediction, but I agree with it. You're you're gonna go through a lot of pain, I believe, uh, draft wise. It, 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 
I'm not always going to point to Oklahoma City here, but I mean, they're like the gold standard of how you're going to go through your rebuild process. I mean, they're only year four in the rebuild, and I think this team is a 50 win team. It's it 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 is it is clear as day. It, it's they have the shooting, they have defense, they're all young, they're unselfish. Even their superstar is unselfish, and Shea Gilders Alexander. They have good depth and they have a good coach. Uh, they have everything you want in the rebuild. And I think Chicago is going to be one of those long, tenuous, tough rebuilds to go through. You know, as long as I can see some improvement, I'll be fine. But I, I'm just kind of tired to see the status quo. Well, if, if you if you want to see slower improvement and then finally break through, talk to Derek Jones and the Orlando Magic. Yes. It's taken most of the time yep. that I've been on this show, <laughs> even, to see that the Magic actually have real good positive progress. Would you agree, Derek? Yeah, they do. I would agree with you. So... I mean, I've been on the show since, what, 2016? And I remember the first show, I, I think I came on, that Derek was so excited that Joachim Noah might go on the Knicks. Boy, that was a bad <laughs> prediction, huh? <laughs> but, it, it, you know, all, all, jokes, all jokes aside. But <laughs> what I would say is, is you know, we, we go back to as far as that, to where now we have finally seen the magic actually in the right not just the right direction but knocking on the playoff door because they have two good scores Franz Wagner, Paulo Bencaro they have a a bulldog of a defender in Jalen Suggs they have a scoring guard off the bench in Cole Anthony and they have a good athletic passing guard in Markel Fultz they have a veteran guy in Gary Harris and they have Wendell Carter Jr., who is a pretty good center. He's above average starting center, I think, in the NBA. Uh, Jamel Mosley, eh, questionable as a coach. But, again, they're like 80 to 90% in the right direction. And, and we've been saying this since Jonathan Isaac has been drafted. If this guy actually is healthy and he can give you the minutes that you need to actually be taken seriously this year, that is the key. Just like we talk about on the show with the New Orleans Pelicans, the difference between no Zion and the difference between the healthy Zion. You put Jonathan Isaac with that pretty good core that I think the Magic have, then I actually believe you have to take the Magic seriously because Jonathan Isaac is that special, I think, of a defensive talent. Well, the one move that I've always thought the Magic should make is uh, is going and getting uh, the head uh, basketball coach from uh, from the uh, from Memphis University. I uh, I think I think he would be a great uh, a great fit at Orlando. I don't know his style. I mean, you you obviously go from a, a development coach in Jamel Mosley into if your team is ready to take the next level, then if you're banking on a first-time NBA head coach, I don't know if it's going to – I don't know if it's going to work unless 
he has them playing fast paced and tough defense, then yes, it would well, work. He, well, he used but to it, play. But if we're talking about, but if we're talking about Chauncey Billups on Portland, then it's a disaster. Well, no, the the head coach of uh, of Memphis University, he used to play at the NBA. He actually used to play for the Bachelor. Well, isn't it Anthony Hardaway? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought it was. I, I think I was referring about that. But um, go ahead. I I was uh, I am a big fan of what he has done in Memphis. Uh, I was a huge fan of his when he was playing. I, I actually, I believe his jersey. I believe he was the second jersey I ever got. Um, you know, I, you know, being from Florida, I did keep up with the Magic. I, I mean, I'm always going to be a Bulls fan, but I do keep up with the Magic, and I did keep up with Kenny Hardaway after he, after his playing career is done. And if you go and you look. At what he has done in Memphis, I think it could transition into the NBA very well. It, it's just a matter of what they would look like when they are ready to win, which they're pretty close. They're pretty close to ready being ready to win. As long as Anthony Hardaway, if he were the coach of the Magic, to take him to that next level, then it's Easily the right hire. Obviously, he has the best history with Orlando because he was so good before you know, his career got derailed with injuries. Um, that would be a great hire. Uh, absolutely. So, to, to me, I would like to see it, and I'd like to, I would love to see if you're right, William, but it would be the biggest hire that the Magic would really have in a long, long time because I think they're getting they're on they're knocking on the verge of being relevant in the East. Uh, they they have a lot of the tools you need in today's league in order to I think be relevant. And for them to take the Lakers in the first couple games of the year, you know, right to the right, right to the wire. They're they're they play they play Denver tonight, and that was a really close game. When you're playing good teams close, and you don't have your starting center, and Jonathan Isaac is not ramped up from his previous injuries to get more minutes out there, I think the writing. You know, I'm going to say it again. The writing's on the wall in Orlando. They are on the verge of being good. And well, I mean, they just well did they just get dominated the World Champions uh, yesterday? Or today, uh, I I believe so. I haven't I haven't looked score wise, but they they probably have. But um, I think I just think they're good and they should be taken almost seriously. Almost there there are a couple of things that need to break in their favor in order for them to be taken seriously. But they're pretty close. I mean they're. They're not going to get to maybe the win total that Oklahoma City. I believe they can, but I do. I, I am. I am going to stay on that prediction that I do think they are a play-in slash playoff team. I, I think they're on the up and up for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and, uh, by the way, yes, they did beat the Nuggets. Uh, 
Oh, okay. So they're they're that's point proven there, right? Right, right, Derek. Would you say like if you're if you're playing the best teams in the league, good. If you're playing them pretty close, yeah. And well, they you don't have that talent. You are on you are on the right track, I think, to be a really good team. Yeah, I agree. Now, a team that has decided to just derail their season, and it is early, and so it is good to talk about it, but what – the, the Clippers trading for James Harden, man, I, <laughs> I don't, guys, I, I, I don't understand this. I, I just don't. I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with Harden's talent. It has nothing to do with that Harden can play in the league at an all-star level still, which he can, obviously, but it has more to do with the fit. It has more to do with the fit with the offense of the Clippers are wanting to run. Uh, I, I explained this. I was when I was on the full buddy cast a couple of days ago, uh, that episode is up and, uh, I, I do a pretty good, uh, cause like from what I understand on his show is that it's local people, his friends, and they go and talk about just topics locally or what they did over the weekend or what, what they did six months ago. And then when they went on a trip, it's a completely different type of show. So when I go on and give like a real deep and now, you know, a deep dive into why it's not going to work for the Clippers, it's a totally different uh, type of guest I get to come on, which you guys are so used to with how I talk with these things. But Russell Westbrook on opening night, I watched him play against Portland. Yes, Portland's horrible. We all get it. It doesn't have to do with Portland. It has to do with how this offense was looking. On opening night, they were – they, you know, Westbrook looked unselfish. He wasn't looking for a shot first. And you have George and Kawhi, especially a healthy Kawhi, which he is healthy this year. And you have a pretty good start. Their bench unit with Bones Highland, he runs an up and down type of uh, bench unit, can shoot from long distance. In a, in the, yeah, I think he's improving as a passer, but he still has a long way to go, I think, to be like a dual threat type of guy. But they looked fun, free-flowing. George and Kawhi is enough when they're healthy, which, I, which they are. And Westbrook, if he's held in check a little, you know, he could be a little out of control. That's fine. But, he, you know, you've got to rein him back a little bit. You have enough to get to the regular season and to be a pretty good contender. You know, you, you could you could have taken Batum and Covington and potential Anthony Bennett all-star Marcus Morris. I am watching you. Don't you worry. I am watching Marcus <laughs> Morris. He might, be, he might be on that list. First-timer, barely even plays in garbage time, making, you know, then that 16 to 18 million. I watch for those dudes. He's one of them. Um, you, by you, by you, the you, way, speaking of you, your Anthony Bennett all-stars, there, there is a man that I am demanding he be on your next list, and that's Ben Simmons. I put it in the group chat this week. I mean, the internet is not is obviously. I mean, they figured it out, right? I mean, start of the season, you know, we put all these workout videos. Plays bad, back hurts. 
next season workout videos. It was a, it was a cool, it was a funny uh, thing on the internet to, to, you know, to send to the group. And yes, Ben Simmons, you know, I looked at his stats in the first couple of games of the year that he played. Yeah, he had a couple of, you know, okay statistical games, but at the same time, he, he still was a bad free throw shooter. He doesn't hit threes. Uh, oh, man. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's not about the word bust. I mean, he did have some good years in Philly. I, I, I don't label him a bust. I, I think he is a worse diva than James Harden where he has a fourth of the game that a James Harden has. And that's where he's, he's milking the money. Was. Well, he got it. I mean, he, he already got that. And, the, and it's laughable that Simmons and two first round picks got you Harden. That's laughable. And with how bad Simmons has been, uh, he, again, he has a back issue. And again, his agent, when he first got the back issue, he was like, oh, he's only going to be out two, three games. Well, you know, he's been out like seven. <laughs> and they still don't know a timetable when he's coming back. And the Nets record has shown that they're not a top team in the East this year. They weren't expected to be a top team. Well, as so, long as he is in your Anthony Bennett All-Stars, uh, your, your next one, I will be fine because he needs to well, be there. Derek, Derek knows this just as well as uh, as myself. He's been the number one. He's been the number one player the last two years. So uh, he's knocking on he's knocking on that Chandler Parsons door, man. He really is. And yeah, Marcus Morris, Marcus Morris. You know, heck, guys, Joe Harris has not played this year. Did you know? Did you see that, Derek? Derek Joe Harris has not played a game this year, and it's not like he got a new free agent contract. <laughs> so he got traded. Uh, in the offseason, of course, in Detroit for two second-round picks. Why? Because Detroit can afford his contract. And and Brooklyn was like, we'll take, we'll, we'll send you two seconds. <laughs> we don't want them. So, uh, obviously, there's three. So, you know, stay tuned. I, but I'm watching Marcus Morris. If, if he somehow pulls himself out of the grave and actually does something, then he might be off my radar. But right now, he's I mean, he's playing only in garbage time. Only he doesn't he doesn't start. He doesn't even play a meaningful role on that on that team anymore. So you know, it, it is what it is. And, and I think that the Clippers could have uh, possibly, you know, I would have rather seen them get a Zach Levine over a James Harden. That would have worked really well in comparison. So when 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 you're when you go from free flowing to now Kawhi is hampered because James Harden is there and Paul George has to find his groove with Harden and you can't play Westbrook, Harden, George and Kawhi at the same time in crunch time anymore. You just can't do it. They d it doesn't work. It's too much half court. It's too much individual ball and you can't make it work. Well, who, who There's just too much ball stopping with Harden that he still works in today's league as he could break people down off the dribble at an elite level. Still, he can still hit the three at a really good clip. And he's, you know, he's like a 90% type free throw shooter. And he, he still is a good passer. It's just, you have to play, you know, Villanova Knicks basketball. And I, I just, I just don't understand why the Clippers went from 
wanting to be an up and down team with you know good enough depth, like not a great depth, but good enough with those with those three guys. And now they're just a mess. You don't even know if it's going to work. You know, Harden's like, you know, give it 20 games. Like, really? Give it. Well, why would I trade for you if I need to see in 20 games if we're going to be this great elite machine on offense? Well, I don't know well, what their scouts are seeing there. I, I just don't see it. Well, it's easy. It's Kersey sales. That that's a, that's exactly what that trade was about. The Clippers want this All Star. Laker want to be um, uh, starting five to open up that new that shiny new stadium that they're building over there in um, over there right uh, right across from Eaglewood in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's what that's what uh, it is. From a basketball perspective, I look at this and it's a heaping mess. I, I. it is. It's, it's another. It's another year where they paid a huge price for Paul George and Kawhi to be there. They didn't pay anything for Westbrook to be there because he obviously took the deal, the discount, because he likes playing with Paul George so much. And it shows the, before the Harden trade, it showed that Westbrook knows that George and Kawhi are the team, and Westbrook can just be, you know. Uh, you know, like a dumbed down version of himself, but still be this crazy maniac. And that's the best version of Westbrook you could ever ask for. And they just took that all the way because they somehow believe that James Harden is the right move to grab when he's a chemistry killer. He he doesn't like his GM. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't like his coaches most of the time. It's it's very hard to it's very hard to explain on a basketball sense. Jersey sales sense, fine, whatever. I mean, I get that. But if you look at James Harden's history, every time he's wanted to get traded, he's practically picked the team that he gets traded to, and and this time is no different. He. He pretty much told Philadelphia that the only team he didn't want to be in Philadelphia anymore, and the only team he wanted to go to was the Clippers. And what happened? Well, Philly Before didn't Philadelphia, get a whole. Philly didn't get a whole lot in return at the end of the day. I mean, well, but, well, but also, no. there's not a lot of teams that would have been able to give them much. Well, no, because Philadelphia wanted to get rid of. Them. And before Philadelphia, he was where? Houston? No, he was yeah. in Brooklyn. Or Brooklyn. Same thing in Brooklyn. He got tired of being in Brooklyn. Oh, I want to go to Philadelphia. Send yeah, me to got, Philadelphia. He tired he Brooklyn. Like, him, and Kyrie, him and Kyrie Irving didn't like each other. Because Durant right. swore up and down about trading for Harden, about put, him and Harden work together, which I, I do believe that is I do believe that's absolutely true that Harden and Durant can work together, no matter the situation between the two of them. Now, Kyrie is this one of the weirdest, unique personalities in the league, and Harden doesn't have the best work ethic, is what I believe I have heard about him. And so Kyrie's just this weird dude. And then Durant's like the ultimate worker, 
and that's how he's always been. So it's it's really it was a weird dynamic, obviously in Brooklyn. It didn't work. It's already done and over with. And uh, but yeah, he forced himself out of Houston to go to Brooklyn because he wanted to play with Durant, and then he forced himself out of Brooklyn because him and Kyrie didn't didn't work. Uh, he goes to Philly apparently to be with Dale Morey because he's been with Dale Morey before, of course, in Houston. And then all he spent all offseason called Daryl Morey a liar, and he won't play for the Sixers. So I don't know what's going on with Harden. Uh, he's, a, he's a strange guy to figure out. He's still a Hall of Famer. He's still a top – you know, he's, he's still made the top 75 last season of all time voted by. But – the only way it fits for him is if he is everything to the offense, literally everything. And I'm sorry, there's not a lot of teams out there that are good that need that type of offense to be ran. Even the Utah Jazz score a pretty good amount. They have a couple of okay point guards and a couple of bench guys that play point guard too. And they probably have a faster pace offense than the Clippers do. It's it's mind blowing uh, of how it to even think about it in that perspective. You got Taylor Horton Tucker, Keontae George, and Colin Sexton, and they're probably a better offense than the Clippers right now. And those are the guys that would be the point guards. It's it's mind boggling just to think that that a team like Utah would be like, we don't want James Harden. Heck no. Why would we want that? We got we got Lowry Marketing who's who's been who's been really good. And if they trade for John Collins, like I'm not I, I'm going I know I'm going on a tangent about Utah, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's not a lot of teams in the league that would look at one on one isolation ball, breaking them down off the dribble to create foul shots. But a lot of teams don't want that as an offense. Hmm. Nope, they don't. If if Philly called up the Orlando Magic, I would they would they would hang up immediately and laugh about it. Laugh about it at dinner. Uh, that's what I would think. I mean, even even Miami would have to be like, you think we're going to give you Tyler Hero? No way. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way that would ever happen. Like there's I mean like Milwaukee's not gonna give up much. They don't have much left to give and they already traded away a lot of their smaller pieces. So you know, i I guess the point is there's there's just not a lot of ways that Harden can really keep going and forcing himself out and keep repeating the process. There's gotta be a place to he just has to just deal with it. And if the Clippers have deemed that this risk is too much of a reward and they want to do it, then I think they're wrong. And I think there's a lot of proof that they are going to be wrong. But, hey, I feel like sometimes I can I could probably do something right in this league. But trading for James Harden on a team that doesn't need him is definitely not one of them. Yeah, well, I, I I just feel like uh, well, I think we all said it when that <clears throat> when that trade was made. 
what are the Clippers doing? Um, I think James Harden days are go- over. I mean, yeah, he could probably he could probably help a team, but it it's gonna take him. Uh, honestly, evaluating himself and and coming to the realization that he's not that type of player no more, and he's probably gonna be the have to be the second or third man. I, I mean, he was really explosive in Houston. I mean, he he was unguardable in yeah. Houston. He yeah, he was, was unguardable in Houston. More explosive with his first step, and now he's just a little slow. But he still has just elite handles and be able to break a guy down. I mean, he's still elite at that. That that's never going to change. I think with his game, but it's just it's just too much. It's like nails on a chalkboard to watch. I think in today's game is how it's uh, how it's played. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, today's game is a lot faster. Obviously, they they don't play defense, uh, but the game is mostly played by guards. And while James Harden is a guard, the style that he plays is a slower. Uh, more isolation type of basketball. I think that type of basketball is 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 dead. It's, it's dead to me in 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 um uh, in terms of winning basketball. It looks good. Would you say? Would you say that one of the only few guys that is making isolation ball actually look still okay enough is LeBron? Yeah. That's about like it. His isolation ball is maybe a little bit more passable compared yeah, to Yeah, well, Harden is not passing the ball. Like, you know, Harden's not passing the ball. But the same impact that Harden has with the Clippers at times is the same impact that LeBron has with the Lakers when he starts to play iso ball and not one on five, we're getting, yeah, one on five. It slows the game down, the tempo, the team suffers, uh, the brand of basketball isn't that good, the Lakers lose. I mean, that's what it's come to. And, uh, you know, LeBron, uh, nobody's going to ever call him out on it because he's LeBron James. But, it, it, I mean, my eyes can see the game. You know, I've been watching basketball a long time. I can see momentum. I can see, you know, when the team is moving the ball well and when they not. It's obvious. And we said it last season. The offense for the Lakers is only as good as uh, Austin Reeves. If if Austin Reed's not on the court, uh, they're not as good of a team. When he's on the court, they're a great team. When they're they're sharing the ball, they're a great team. When it, it was stretches last season, I'm watching the game, and the Lakers is they're they're like a well-oiled machine on offense. The ball is moving. All five players are touching the court. 
I mean, touching the ball, they're making baskets. The ball movement is precise. The off the player movement is precise. They look like a team. And then you realize, shoot, man, LeBron ain't been in the game for about a half a quarter. And then when he comes back in the game, they go right back to, you know, LeBron ball. I mean, it's it's obvious. Yeah, he's LeBron James and regarded as some as the best, the best player in the history of the game of basketball. But at the end of the day, you got to call it like you see it. And uh, you know, LeBron has never been a great jump shooter. Uh, you know, his, his field goal percentage is through the roof, but he's you know, layups and dunks. He's he's getting better. His three point percentage this year is around about forty percent. So he's he's getting better. I mean, he's year twenty one, which is actually really good for him. Yeah, it's really good for him. Um, you know, free throw percentage still is not that good for a player of his magnitude. Yeah, it's really fallen off for him the last few years. Yeah, he's really fallen off. I mean, uh, free throw shooting wise, it's been it's been kind of bad for him. Yeah, I mean. You you got all that time, you know. But why aren't you a better free throw shooter? If you if your your game is attacking a basket, and and finishing through contact and, and getting calls, why aren't you a better free throw shooter? It's pressure. I guess it's I guess it's a, it's a mystery, uh, just like why the Clippers would James would trade for James Harden. It's, uh, yeah. It's about as big of a mystery, I think, right now is why would you break up team chemistry for a guy who's bad for your chemistry? Well, this, and, and this is the thing. Uh, it's this, just so weird. Yeah, and this is the thing, Nicholas. Everybody in the basketball world, we we know what James Harden is. If he wasn't good enough on Philadelphia where they could definitely use him, you just brought Russell Westbrook in from L.A., you know, last year. He stabilized the point guard position for the Clippers. Why would you bring a, a dude in that's going to take the ball out of Westbrook's hand? Yeah, I think that's my main point about it. It's like even when they got when they got their butts whooped in the first round in the playoffs versus the Suns last year, there was times where Westbrook was probably the best player on the Clippers. And so obviously with no Kawhi Leonard out there. So like, why are you just, you know, essentially neuterizing Westbrook at that point? You're, it doesn't matter about his contract anymore, right? He was on a yeah. one year, $3 million type deal. It, none of that matters. What matters is the fit on the floor. And with a healthy Kawhi Leonard and a healthy Paul George, it was a fit. It was it was it was right because Paul George seems to be one of the only players in the league that can tell Westbrook, "Hey, man, slow your roll. I can I can get it from here. You know, Kawhi and I can get it from here. No problem." And Westbrook actually listens. It's like the only. It's like one of the only dudes in the league that can actually do that with Westbrook. And you just completely just. Neutralized all of it by trading for James Harden. It's just, 
it, it's 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 unfathomable to me of what you're doing. So I I, I think that's the biggest gripe I have with it um, as a basketball fit. But obviously, it's a great talking point because it, it's we're, we're it is a fun topic to talk about because I think it is one of those things where if I were a GM, if I had the Clippers situation. There's no way I would have traded for James Harden. Not even close. No, and you can't even blame uh, Doc Rivers. No, he's not on the Clippers he's, he's or, the, or the Sixers. Yeah. He's hanging out with the TNT dudes. Every, uh, he's on the TNT crew now. So. Yep. So, yeah. It was Tyron yeah. Lou, Lou over there as... Tyron Lou is is still trying true over there at uh, in Clipperland. He's still their coach. So what I this he has is to this be is, the one to figure it out. This is what I think. Um, Tyron Lou, while he has been, you know, a successful uh, head coach in the NBA, he's not a Popovich or. Uh, you know, any of those type of coaches where the resume speaks for itself. And he's a, he's I, a player's coach. Yeah, and I think this this Harden trade was came down from uh, ownership or G or, or the GM without his his blessing. I I think it's more of an ownership thing. You know, Steve Ballmer doing that. I I believe it's more to do with it. And, uh, you know, personally, I, I'm sure there was people in the organization to tell him, like, stay away from it. What's this trade for Zach Levine? It's just as good. Yeah. And he would fit a little bit better. You, you would, you would open up the floor for spacing. Uh, he wouldn't take the ball away with Westbrook being able to be Westbrook. Uh, George and Kawhi can, can dominate on the inside and Levine can, I mean, Levine's a good three point shooter. He's a really good, he's a good hot, you know, red hot three point shooter. Like I think it would have worked. Levine doesn't need the ball in his hands 24 seven in order for him to be effective. And uh, if, if he wanted to trade for an LA dude, then I think he would have been a better fit for that situation. But you know, I guess what what do we know on the Red Pack? We're yeah, just we, right we're most a bunch of, the of time, nobody. Right? So. Yeah, yeah, we're a bunch of nobodies, uh, with with zero sources, and uh, you know, our opinion doesn't matter. But if we was on one of the networks and we were saying this stuff, man, we'll be making headlines. We would be, we would, you know, we would be banging that drum. We yep. would be the ones being able to do it. And we, I think in most circumstances, we have been right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the crazy part. You know, I, I say it all the time to, uh, to the listeners, you know, uh, throughout the years, no matter if it's uh, NBA, uh, NFL, or uh, any other other sports, we can talk boxing. We can go, you know, major league baseball. Uh, when we had Blake Cole on there with us, um, you know, college football, college basketball. I mean, we, you know, the track record is great. Like when we talk about stuff legitimately, uh, we've read. You know, don't mean to sound big headed, but we're rarely wrong about stuff. And we don't have, we can't pick up the phone and call nobody, uh, you know, ownership 
you can't pick up the phone and call anybody uh agent and get information but you know we just speak common sense you know when it comes to sports and we don't miss most of the time so um it will and be nice i i will be looking forward to seeing how this Harden thing plays out and you know if we're wrong we'll be the first to admit it but if yeah i don't uh, think, I think there's a good wrong. chance we're there's a good chance we're going to be right here that the Clippers will not make the Western Conference Finals, like, like that type of thing. Like, like yeah. if the Clippers make the second round, that's not like with those four guys. They should it's, be in the second round, enough, right? Yeah. Like, if if you if you if you can make it to the Western Conference Finals or higher, then I will say it it worked. It would it it did work out eventually. But you know, if they're out in the first round, it, it's a it's a freaking joke. Blew it up. Uh, well, I don't know what they would do. I mean, they've tried. They've tried it with, you know, Kawhi Hurt, Paul George Hurt. They've tried it, obviously, doing this Harden thing. They've tried it with more depth. You know, they. we did mention on the show years back, they shot themselves in the foot, giving Marcus Morris that contract and Luke Kennard that contract. That they shot themselves in the foot that way. They were right to trade for Norman Powell. And they were not, they were right to trade uh, to get Robert Covington in that deal as well. I mean, they were right, a hundred percent in that and all that stuff. But they made some good moves. They they've essentially made a lot of bad moves. You would think Kawhi and Paul George on paper is is enough to get you to where you need it to be. The problem is a lot of their depth hasn't worked out or some of these aggressive moves mate, that they were doing uh, is, are not the right aggressive moves. And I think this is a prime example of this, uh, this aggressive move is not going to work. I mean, look at OKC. They're really good and they have all the draft uh, flexibility. They keep making deals to even somehow get more draft picks or involve themselves into more draft picks. And they're not they're not trained for James Harden. Why would they need to? They don't need to. Yeah. So uh, to, to me, it, it's uh, some organizations just get it. Some just don't. They, they panic. They press the wrong button. And they have to live with those consequences, and the, and the consequences is another year where this Paul George trade failed for the Clippers. That's the consequence they have to pay. Yeah, I think. Do you go ahead? Do you possibly think that they could put Harden on the bench and have him come off of the bench? Yeah, I think it's a great possibility that they. That they should look into that. Well, they, I think they should have started with that. The, the the they should start with that and play Harden in crunch time, where I do think Westbrook is more of a liability in crunch time compared to James Harden. But it, but I I think Westbrook's a better starter in that in that perspective of how this roster is constructed. That's how I would view it. But. For now, I, it's just that's just not going to happen. In reality, oh, I, I, well, I mean, to be honest with you, that's 
literally the only way I see that uh, I see this James Harden thing working is if he is that quote unquote six man. He's a he's a six man and he and he comes in unselfish. If he if if he does that, then George and Kawhi is enough. They they're enough. And if you can put them in the right places, drive to the rack, kick out to them, or feed it to Kawhi in the post and let him do what he does, either bully the guy to the rim or take the mid-range shot where he is elite at that. He's not just good at that. He is elite at that. So to me, that is the type. And and then you have a Westbrook and you have a Bones Highland to run up and down the floor with other units out there for the Clippers. So like there is ways it can work. It just means that some people like James Harden have sacrificed and it doesn't seem like, he's going to do that. I mean, when you answer a reporter question that saying that you are the system, dude, you are the problem. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. That's, I guess that's the best way I can sum that up. And so I got to go boys. Um, thank you for having me on as always. I, I hope you guys get a chance to listen to uh, my segment of going on to the full buddy cast. And I, I, I might not have been the best at where to find Rat Pack Sports. I'm sorry. I was, you know, it's a different setup. I'm in his garage. I have to speak into the microphone. I have to, I can't, I can never interrupt. So I have to go with the flow of the conversation essentially. And it was early in the morning. I think it was like 10 30 AM West coast times. So it was kind of rough. Uh, start time for me. I'm sorry I didn't give the the best promotion for Rat Pack. I mean, obviously we talked about what the Anthony Bennett All Stars is. You know that you can find Rat Pack Sports on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. But uh, I was it's a, it's a different experience than just talking on the phone compared to uh, Derek. As you know, I used to speak into a microphone and uh, still sound competent, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I had a lot of fun going on there. Uh, He does have a pretty good following uh, locally in his area. And uh, for me to break down the Clippers issue in like a four or five minute, you know, time span, then go to different topics and then come back to it is probably really technical for his, uh, his listener base. But you know how we do it on the Rat Pack. You you break it down. You give the best analysis. Yep. And and you make it you make it make sense for your viewers, for them to be educational about certain topics. Yeah, I, I hope he I hope they uh, appreciated your expertise. One way or another, one day I want to I, I I really want to go on a local radio, and I I love to you know be able to have a chance, you know, like, uh, one way or another, someone listens to it and, uh, I get a chance. Like that would be really cool to see how that can go. And, uh, also be on your show as well too. But until then you get the 100% full, uh, NBA, uh, senior analyst here for your rat pack. Hey, I wouldn't want it any, any other way, man. Wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, because you definitely, you know, 
You you know every every player's name, how to pronounce it. And uh I don't know how you do it. And you know about the guys nobody's talking about. So I say you do better than the people that we watch on TV that just, you know, talking at a, talking through a teleprompter. But that's that's just me. That's just me. You guys talking through a teleprompter, so I don't know how smart they are. <laughs> yeah, I I'd like to think get him in, get myself in a podcast room with Kendrick Perkins. I could probably run circles. Around oh yeah, him. I love that. I would I love feel like that. I could. Yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd love to I'd love to do something like that, that's for sure. But you know, someday uh, yep. someday to do that something like that. Yep, yeah, man. All right, brother. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I I gotta run. All right, man. Happy hey. Thanksgiving to the Raft Pack listeners and to the show as well. Yep, same to you, man. Eat eat a lot of turkey and ham and you know. Enjoy, enjoy the day. Will do. Thanks, guys. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, Rat Pack Sports Show's NBA 